Okay, cool. I think we are live. Yes, we're live on Facebook and YouTube. Welcome to the Feel In Podcast. I'm of course I'm Toto there. I'd like you welcome, would like to welcome you to my podcast. Um, this is where I aim to bring you some of the best uh, wisdom, knowledge, tips, help on your personal well-being and so on and so forth. And in, in order to enable you to feel inspired to make changes in your life where you feel like you need to make those changes. Um, so this is episode 15. I have an incredible guest with me today as well who's written not just one, not just two, but three books in a series, which um, I can tell you personally has been quite a challenge just to write one book. So to have written three is a pretty incredible feat. And I think there's a forthcoming as well. So we'll find out uh, more about that in a little while as well. So uh, without further ado, I'd love to welcome this incredible soul who's called Smita Joshi, and she's the author of a series of books called Karma and Diamonds. Now, that's an unusual title as well, so we're going to kind of do a bit of a deeper dive into finding out what that means and where that came from and a little bit about her. Um, but you're, if you're watching live right now and you want to join us, uh, we're on the live stream on Facebook. Please do share it with your friends, your family, your connection. That's my ring doorbell going off there. That's absolutely fine. Ignore that. Um Share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, get your get your peeps involved and also press the reaction emotions as well on Facebook as well. Let's get as many people joined in on this as possible. So I'd like to welcome a very special guest, Smita Joshi. Welcome. How are you? Hi, Habit. I'm absolutely wonderful. So honoured to be on your podcast and to be on your live stream. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, I deliberately do this, by the way, where I don't get to know my guests that well before a show because I want to use this as the opportunity to get to know you. Uh, and so um, I'd like to ask you, first of all, if you could kind of just tell everyone a bit about who you are, how you've got to this point um, and where, from where you were as well to this point, because I think... Um, Fundamentally, we know that most people have been through a journey, have been through some kind of uh, challenge or some kind of pain that's turned into their power. So I want to hear about you and yours and, you know, how you've got to this point and also the books as well. So please do give us a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. Ed. Look, the first thing is I'm really I don't want to spend too much time talking about myself i've written a trilogy which <laughs> which which is a very very deep journey we've, we've, of come, we've come here to talk all about you today well i what i'd like to do is what i mean by that is what i'd rather do is to actually talk about or talk in terms that's relevant and that would be useful and valuable to people watching people listening to your podcast because you know it, it's, it's great i'll share something about myself but my thing is to really want to to, to talk about the, the, the journey in a way that other people can truly benefit from it. Uh, I think for myself, anyway, that's a lot more interesting than just talking about myself. <laughs> um, I have a question for you, though. You said I could share this on uh, live stream on uh, Facebook. How do I do that? Uh, that's okay. Listen, if you haven't done it yet, don't worry about it. We'll come back to that. Let's let's uh, uh, let's carry carry on with the podcast, and you can always share it later. And that goes with okay. anyone else watching as well. You can awesome. always share it later as well, so it's not a problem. Fabulous. So uh, so yeah. So please please do continue. Actually, I do want to hear your story. I want to hear you talk about yourself. This is the whole point because I think <laughs> for me, what, what that means is that someone could resonate with something that you've been through that they're going through, yeah. uh, and as a result, you know, it might give them that that 
feeling of being inspired to do something, go on and write a book, change something in their life, go on and live their dreams and, you know, their really, their, their, their main passions and so on and so forth. So please, uh, I, I think don't, don't ever, in my opinion, don't ever say that. I, I think people want to hear powerful stories. They love it. Sure. So, um, so the story as, as such is centered for me around the discovery and the connection of something that is very central to all of us, and that is the, the inner voice. And that inner voice um, is what I, what I really write about in Karma and Diamonds. And why is that inner voice um, relevant to um, the story is that everything that I have experienced in my life as a challenge, and I've had a few, um, Starting at the age of seven, as my book starts with the the, the one line, um, which I think I don't want to take away from people. I, I would love for people to just go online and just see chapter one, the first line. My story starts at the age of seven. And um, on that day when I was seven, something happened in my life that where I thought I was going to die at the hands of somebody that I loved. Wow. And it was completely unexpected. It was completely um, out of the blue. And, and that day I actually had such a big shock. And, you know, like all children, most children in India where I was growing up, I was being brought up by my grandmother. I lived with my aunts and so on. We had a home shrine, as we do, you know, in Hindu households. And the um, practice was that we we went to the shrine in the morning after showering before we before I went to school and then after in the evening when I came home from playing outside with my friends you know wash your feet which would be very dusty from the from the 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 almost desert-like place that Paul Bandar is in Gujarat um, which is by the way Gandhiji's hometown as well lovely uh, so you come home and you know the first thing you do is wash your feet and then I, I was I was taught to go and sit at the shrine before dinner and then do my little pujas, you know, little prayers, my mala, and so on. In the morning, the the the, the situation was to um, the the ritual was to do jap, you know, 108 beats, which for a seven year old or, or even earlier when I was taught this was like an enormous amount. But but that was the practice. And what happened that day was that the shock was so massive that I actually. Um, sat there and I had a and I had words with God and I just said you know what is this it's like how can you let this happen how can this be happening to um, you know the people in my life how can this be happening to me you know that that must mean that you don't exist and I just said if you exist you show yourself to me now <laughs> love and it what happened then was actually I had this really profound experience of I mean, I was literally shaken in my in my little body, and I felt like something happening in my in my um, in my spine. I felt tingling. I felt I heard a voice, and the voice was really loud. It was a, it was a booming voice, and I thought, I looked around to see if my dad had come home. He hadn't, and the voice said. Um, you are well taken care of. You have a purpose here. You are well taken care of. You're not alone. And then I saw this massive hand, like the hand of God, literally coming, coming, almost like a magic carpet. And then the little girl sitting on the palm, so of the of of that that hand. And and I realized that that little girl was me. 
And in hearing that voice, even though it was really unexpected and booming, there was something about it that really calmed me down. And it made me sit up and take notice. And that was the very first time that I actually consciously remember being present to this, this whatever that was. And I said, and it was because there was so much sparkles and there was an essential experience with it. I began to relate to this thing as a diamond. It was like my diamond, you know, uh, this, you know, cause I was seven years old and, um, and throughout my life over the years, when we came to the UK when I was 10 and then, you know, uh, we're still in, we were still very early on in the journey of Indians coming into the UK. So that was, um, yeah, I, I, at that point, you know, I started to go, obviously I was, I was at school, you know, secondary school and so on. Started to really integrate into local culture as well as the one at home. And what happened to me there was, um, um, it was just a natural integration. Mm. But this voice, this inner voice, was also very strong in the sense that I felt it. I felt like um, its presence in my life in, in the way that um, I did things. And so it was like I was being guided the whole time. I was listening to this voice um, in terms of what was right for me. You know, um, it was a very early experience. And from there on, any time that I had situations where there was a conflict or there was a, um, a dissonance between myself and other people, I found that I would go, and especially what I wanted to do and it was completely at odds with other people around me, I found myself um, turning to, or he, I, found, I found that voice came up again. At that point, I didn't, and then spoke to me, and it kind of like gave me, so I'd ask the questions and the answers would come through that voice. So it's not like a, a woo-woo type, you know, um, external thing that I heard. It's this like, you know, not schizophrenic or anything. It was literally very intuitive and sometimes very visual. Sometimes it was very, you know, uh, it was, um, I got my answers through synchronicity and so on, you know, reading a book, opening a book, and then the answer would be there and so on. So all of those intuitive sort of um, things that happen when we're connected and when we're listening to what's going on in our lives and why certain occurrences happen um, when normally they might not. So, you, you know, that's what I mean by the inner voice. And then so I, I started to find that in the early days, when I was um, distressed about something, when I wanted my answers, then I would really go and, and ask, like, what about this and what about that? And then I would get the answers. But um, in my 20s, so I, you know, in my 20s and sort of mid-20s when I was now working in corporations and so on, um, I found that the voice died down quite quite a lot. And, um, and I missed it. I missed the feeling I had when, I, when it spoke to me, when, I, when it connected with me and so on. And um, so I asked the questions like, why does it only show up, you know, when I'm in dis distress? Why, what is that? You know, is it possible for me to hear that voice um, and maybe just ask questions, you know, about other things in my life? And so that's when I started to, 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 to meditate and I would taught myself to meditate. That was kind of like what my intuition was like to just sit still and to, ask the question, like, what, what if I just sat here and, and, and tried to hear it? And so I developed a, a, a practice of meditation um, in, in the, in the was, you know, already a very, very busy kind of life, doing really well at work, etc. But I, I felt there was a missing 
um, there was something missing in the in everything that was going on around me that was really great. It was external circumstances were great. I was doing well at work, but I missed that connection. And I didn't know that that's what it was at the time, but that's how, um, that's what I realized at the time. And I started to ask the questions, can I, can I hear that voice? And what if I started to ask questions without having to go through disturbing times or, or without time, being in times of distress? What would, what would happen to, you know, if I did that? And that? So I was really only in my early, sort of early to mid twenties at the time. And that's how I began to relate to this thing called the inner diamond. And it's, you know, I found that if I asked questions, it gave me answers and very clear answers. Mm. And whenever I listened to it, it felt like it was the right thing to do. Even if other people, everybody around me said it wasn't, I knew that it was exactly the thing that I needed. I that if I didn't listen to that voice and I listened to everybody else's opinion about what was right for me, that actually, um, life might be okay, but I knew that I would not be happy. <laughs> I, I, I knew that I wouldn't, in myself, I would feel like I've sold out. I knew I, something would be missing for me always. And that was when, um, when, I, when I kind of really started to learn the process of trusting that inner voice. And that inner voice, um, I later then asked, is like, what is that voice? You know, is, is it only I hear it? Do other people hear it? Where is it coming from? What exactly is it? So, um, it, again, it it kind of guided me to to go on specific journeys to various parts of the world, starting in India. And Carmen um, Diamonds explained it's really a, a series of stories about the actual events that happened in my life that triggered various. Um, um, various realizations, various healings, um, making sense of what happened in my childhood, what happened to other people, what happened to me, and so on. And to really start that healing process. Uh, I found myself then, you know, going off to India and, and uh, listening to gurus. It was one of the first trips I did was a sabbatical where I went with them, and I didn't know, I just landed, like I landed at my Masi's house in India once, having, having given up my job that I was doing very well in just because it felt like I had to get some answers. And of course, everybody else, it seemed like it was completely crazy, crazy thing to do, but I knew I had to do it. Didn't know why I was going. I just knew that I was going to go on a journey and I would find some answers. Didn't know how, didn't know where. So I began where I knew, which was at my master's in Ahmedabad. And then um, as things happen in India, you know, um, People and I kind of just shared that I, I shared what I just shared with you is that I'm here to get some answers. I wanted, I want to learn some things about our culture. I want to learn. I want you know. Um, I have some questions. Um, they they are very deep questions, and I just want some answers. And so people started to introduce me to this Swami and that Swami. In the end, with one of them, I ended up going on a uh, trip across India and his team of doctors, and they were doing like a what they called an um, uh, I camp, you know, where they provide um, seva, you know, where they where they basically give um, surgeries and cataracts and so on to the very very poor people who cannot afford hospitals and medicines. So I ended up um, traveling with them mm. um, 
getting out of my comfort zone very, very much because, you know, we were staying in ashrams and we were staying in places which I, which I was uh, a little bit like, you know, will I, be, will I like it, you know? So, so the higher self, you know, when you start to listen to this in a voice, you know, does take you outside your comfort zone in such a massive way because that's where you find the real gold of who you truly are. Absolutely. And, and so that's, that, that, that's one, of, and, and just to finish that particular side of the, the conversation in terms of the inner voice, the inner diamond, I, when I sat in the evenings listening to the, the yogis and the swamis, you know, giving their lectures, they talked about this thing that I have just mentioned to you. And they actually, at some one point, point, one of them referred to it as the inner diamond. And I'm like, whoa, what is, you know? So I kind of got some validation um, that my experiences were not, were not somehow crazy or cuckoo, that there was some basis to them in the Shastras, in the Indian Shastras, the Indian sacred philosophies. And... Um, that gave me a huge amount of hope. So you were going to ask me something. Beautiful. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm just like absorbing everything as well. It's a beautiful story and uh, so much to take in there. So you actually started on this journey very, very young, very young, mm. in fact. Um, and what you talked about doing in terms of your 20s and going, kind of going on this mission to find the answers, I think that's quite a, a big thing for many people that they go through this experience of trying to find some meaning to everything, you know, because I think, I, I, I don't know about you, but one thing I found is that everyone reaches a point in life where they ask, is this all there is? Is it all just about waking up, going to work, uh, earning a little bit of a living, um, you know, making some money, uh, saving up enough to retire, and then we just die. Is that all there is to it, or is there something more? And I think that uh, some people get to that stage much younger, and some people get that sta get to that stage much older. Um, but obviously for you, it was a journey that you kind of started when you were very, very young, and uh, has now continued into, you know, who you are today and stuff. And I, I mean, obviously looking at you, you're still only 16, of course, naturally. I can see that. <laughs> I'm uh, 16, yeah. Of course, of course. Um, but it's it sounds like it's been a beautiful journey so far, but it sounds like it's also kind of still in the kind of early stages for you in many ways. Correct me if I'm wrong. It, it's always going to be in the early stages of it. Look, when none of us, if we're on the planet, you know, we are here to absolutely learn we're, we're going to learn, 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 learn. And, you know, the, the one mistake, I think one of the pitfalls about being on, on a journey of discovery of who we deeply are is to do a little bit of work. And I see it all the time now I when I'm coaching or mentoring people. I have this conversation with, uh, in fact, I had this with one of my um, coaches yesterday. Uh, what we were talking about, the fact that, um, you know, I'm saying like, you know, you, you, People think that just because they've done a little bit of learning or they've done a, there's an insight, we get so excited about that insight or a series of insights that we think that's it. <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> but in fact, we are only those those insights are only only you know going to take you to the next one and the next one and the next one. And I think that's where you know um, the, this desire to everybody wants to teach everybody else. Uh, 
what they've learned. But I think there's so much value in taking your time. I've been on this now for myself. To be honest, I really started inquiring, like I got very interested in the psychology of being human, you know, the, the, who we are as people, the design of being human as Werner Erhardt or, or Landmark Worldwide calls it. it. You know, when I was about 14, and I, that's when I started to read Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra. Well, Deepak Chopra slightly came afterwards. But Wayne Dyer and uh, Norman Vincent Peale, you know, the, the power of positive thinking, anything I could find in the library in Rainer's name, which is, you know, where, where I grew up in, 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 um, in Harrow, I would just go there every Saturday and I would look through the shelves and I would literally just pick up all the books in psychology. And that's what it was called at the time. There was no mind, body, spirit until mm, much later. So, yeah. you know, that's where I started. And, and so the, 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 I, I feel like I don't know anything. The more I think you do it, they say the more you learn, the, the more you realize uh, you know, have realizations, the, the less you feel you know. And it, and it's not just a thing to say to be humble. I mean, it's really like that. Because I, for me, the true mark of somebody who has done any level of discovery of the self that we're talking about with a capital S, that inner voice, that higher self, the, the Atman, you know, which is what it what it's called in um, Sanskrit, um, at least in one of the philosophies, the Vedanta philosophy, is uh, is that you realize that actually it's like uh, it's infinite. It's mm. just infinite. You know, it's a field. They call it a shetra. You know, the shetra Brahman is like the. It's a field of consciousness. Or as You're, Rumi calls it, the ocean. Right. He calls it the ocean, but you know, and so so. It, but the ocean can be still limited to a planet. But you know, the the. But Brahman, it's an analogy. Like, I think the the expanse exactly. of it. I agree. And so, so, you know, and then you, when you relate to yourself in that, in that sense, it's like, wow, there is just so much more for me to, to discover. So it is exactly like that. And, and so I've been doing this now, I'd say probably 35 years, maybe more. Um, and, and, it, and it's absolutely the, the cornerstone of my life. It's, it, it gives, it gives everything that I, that I'm interested in doing. Even when I was working in large corporations and I worked, you know, for 25 years in either startups or large organizations like corporate, like hardcore corporate environments. This is what I, what I brought myself home to was, you know, coming home, finding that inner space, finding, you know, the shutting out the external noise, but then, you know, really working on quietening the internal noise, the inner the, the, what I, the mind monkey noise, you know, because yeah. we are so, you mentioned the ocean. Look, um, two days ago, I did a session with um, the London mayor's office and, um, you know, for International Yoga Day, they invited me to do a session with them. And what I did was uh, a session with them on something called Mind the Gap. And, you know, I've been recording a lot of meditations lately. I've, I'm, I'm now, I think I'm on my 22nd. I start to release them in due course. But um, one of them is called Mind the Gap. And, and this session that I did with them was really about, you know, most people have heard you're not your body. Most people have heard you're not your mind. Then who are you? And so even I asked, you know, in chat, like, who are you? You know, so it's people come back. Are you talking about, yeah, you know, in mindfulness, you know, we talk about your consciousness. I'm like, yeah. So we're talking about that. But you know, knowing something, it's like you, most people know how to lose weight, right? But doing it and actually, you know, um, 
um, developing or cultivating the scars, you know, the deep imprints within our consciousness, within our behaviors, so that it becomes a, a natural, like a natural thing to to do in your life on an everyday basis. That's a whole other ball game, right? Knowing something makes zip difference, right? We know that. So, I put a, I put so, a quote on my um, uh, on my uh, LinkedIn the other day, and I, I I made it up. It was just one that said, um, "Having knowledge is like uh, having fake money. It may look good, but it's not actually worth anything until it's applied." Uh, and I think that that is you're right. It's so true, isn't it? That people can, um, like you said, right? Sometimes people will learn one thing. And like I've had this happen to me, and it's it's not a bugbear as such, but it does happen. It's sort of like, it, it, and I, I make fun of one of my friends as well. He does this a lot. So he's just recently got into like meditation, spiritual. I've been doing like you. I've been doing it so many years, decades. I've been doing it for twenty eight years, and he's just recently got into it. And then he speaks to us as, as if it's all brand new. And I'm like, Sonny, you're preaching to the converted. You know, it's like it's you know basic stuff, right? This is the stuff that I've been doing for years. Um, yeah. But but I get exactly what you're saying that it and you know the modern term for what you're talking about there is that people refer to it as habits right you know it's the same thing you know we we first make our habits and our habits make us and you talk about sunscars right it's actually really developing it and actually putting it into practice and making it part of who we are. Um, I'm just going to pause you for one second while we just say hello to a few people. Uh, hi Sat. Hi Kevil. Um, by the way, to anyone watching as well, if you've got any questions for Smita, I've got uh, I've got my phones there as well at the ready, so I can actually see any questions that pop up. So if you want to pose any questions to the lovely Smita, feel free to. Um, sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt you. By the way, please continue. I just wanted to say that one thing. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, so you know, you're talking about. So there are two things about what you just said that I that I want to speak to. One is that uh, you know when people are so excited and they talk like they have the answers and you know they're, they're going to tell you about it uh, it's so wonderful it's really wonderful to kind of receive that with the enthusiasm because you know that's their breakthrough they're sharing with that with you you know so it's like it's such an honor to be the person that they share that with and yet at the same time the pitfall is that more if this is all it's not really knowledge until it becomes Harms you right until it starts to use you so it's only information up till that point and so we were talking about with the with the with the mayor's office um you know the 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 if you think about the the, the consciousness as being the ocean the mind uh, the, the thoughts are like waves that just keep coming you know it's like the, they keep coming they keep coming they keep coming and that's the thing to watch is that you know we get so enamored with this thing called information not you know knowledge that 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 becomes a be on an end all and we acquire that we acquire that we acquire that but actually the real breakthrough happens when you start to listen to calm because it becomes it's very, very quickly noise. It's like, I should be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. That's not right. That this shouldn't be like that. You know, so all of that, that stuff that we learn can very quickly turn on you, you know, in, in the sense of becoming my, becoming my monkey noise. Like I know better or they know better or I've got to learn this. But actually, all of us, doesn't matter who we are, doesn't matter what age we are, it, it comes down to developing the practice of understanding one thing that this, this consciousness that we are, who we truly are, it actually, what I call the inner diamond, and uh, you know, that's just something that appeals to me, people call it all different things, uh, it is, that's the space that exists between 
the spaces between thoughts. So one of the, and let, let me then do, the, do this with you, maybe, um, Amit. How about we try this? How about you take 30 seconds now? And, and I know you're a very evolved soul. So, you know, but even so, you know, we're in, a, we're in the middle of a day. We're in the middle of a process. So I'd like you to try this. I'd like you to just close your eyes for about 30 seconds, okay? And I'd just like you to And let present. everyone try this along as well. Everybody I think. try this. Go for it. But I'd just like you to get present, to just close your eyes. You don't have to do anything. Just chill out in your seats. Let go. Just for 30 seconds. And I'm going to time it on my, on my phone here. All I want you to do is take a deep breath. Just relax. Let go, relax into your seat. For the next 30 seconds, all I want you to do is to, to become like a fly on the wall and just observe what's happening in your mind. Just listen, just listen to what's going on in that mind. What are the thoughts? What's going, how many are there? You don't have to count. Don't get busy doing anything. Just observe, okay? Starting now. Okay. Good. So let's ask people, Amit, before you um, you give me your answer. See if anybody can tell us in the chat box if there are people there. Yeah, to everyone who's watching, let us know as well. What what did you observe? What did you what did you feel there as well? Did you feel other things coming in? What did you what did you feel? I think that's a really good question. Really powerful exercise. While we wait for people to respond. Um, uh, I, because I, I started meditation at the age of fifteen, so I was very young as well, like you. And I was teaching adults within about six months. And um, although I've kind of been a practitioner on and off over the years, more recently, I I make a point to meditate first thing in the morning. Um, although people say that it's the most powerful time to meditate. I also find it's the most difficult time to meditate. And that's the reason I do it then, because if I can do it then to do it other times is easy. Like doing it right then and getting into a power, what I would describe as a high vibration state or a powerful state was quite easy. But to do that in the morning when you've just woken up, your body, you're a bit groggy. You've had dreams, you know, you kind of, you're still not, you know, to completely together with it. For me, it tends to be a bit harder, but also at the same time, I consider that part of my own personal training because if I can do it then, then I could do it at other times much easier. So, um, so yeah, anyway, so I know I, I, have, I have exactly the same with my yoga practice. So if I can practice, you know, if I can do a dynamic, like an Ashtanga yoga, Vinyasa yoga practice first thing in the morning, then, uh, because that's when the body is the stiffest and that's exactly, as you say, the mind is, you know, the, the sleepiest. So it's, it's perfect to, to, you know, train yourself to do it first thing in the morning. So, yeah, I, I completely get that. Yeah. So uh, while we wait for people to answer, I think. Um, now, can you can you give me your answer? to What did you see? Uh, actually, I felt quite very still. 
very uh i felt i felt into fell into a place of very deep consciousness um i did have a moment couple of moments of distraction when i heard a couple of bits of noises outside but aside from that i what i feel is um when i describe to people for meditation for me firstly i feel a very very powerful um um uh, sensation in the center of my forehead and that kind of permeates my entire head and starts to go in, down into my shoulders and my body um, but I feel just very at peace, very at calm, and very connected to everything. The energy, oh. the, all the energies around, uh, the energy in this table, um, the vibration in the atmosphere, the, the wind, the air, the rain, everything. So I feel quite very connected to everything. And I felt oh. that even just in that 30 seconds, I feel it there as well. I feel very connected and very, also very light. Oh. That's exactly so. What's happening there, Amit, is you're sliding into the space, the gaps between the thoughts. So that's the space that you're sliding into, where you're experiencing that calm, calmness, that oneness. You know, so that's the space we're talking about. But it takes practice. And my, what happens typically when people are not, we're mostly not present to that. We have the fact that we even have thoughts, unless they're really, really loud. There are days when, you know, the mind is so full of stuff that you cannot move for it, right? So it's like, and everything, there likes, dislikes, there's things to get done. All of that stuff is just there. And it's the biggest distraction that we ever have is our thoughts and the stuff there is to be done and whatever else. But actually, the, the practice of meditation, the learning to listen to that voice is to actually calm down the, the mind monkey noise. And that's just the practice of sitting down and just closing your eyes, even just for 10 minutes. I mean, 10 minutes is a long time, by the way, when you close your eyes. But, you know, it's just that in that space, you start to notice that the thoughts have many gaps in between them. And it's the gaps that we want to slide into because that's the ocean. That's the that's Brahman, that's the Atman, that's you know, inner diamond, whatever you want to call it. That's the consciousness that we truly, truly are. And so karma and diamonds is really my journey in stories that everybody can relate to. Because again, I wrote the stories in a way where people can actually see that read from their lives, what's relevant to them, so that they can really get inspired to um, you know put my experience, but frame it in their own, inside of their own context. And so um, that's what, what you asked me about common diamonds. So it's a diamond about the diamond. There are two, two elements to that. One is that I consider this being, the beautiful being that we are in terms of our pure consciousness is so elusive. It's been made so elusive by the Shastras and by, it's just like, People talk about it ad infinitum, but they don't actually give you the access to it now. And in 30 seconds, you already tapped into that. In just 30 seconds, you already tapped into it. So my point is, it's accessible now. It should be. If it's that powerful, it, it shouldn't be anywhere else but here right now. And it is. All it takes is a, a deep, what we call a sankalp, like a, like a sankalp is normally uh, translated in English as intention, but it's not intention in the English sense. It's more like a, a like an oath. It's like a promise to, to yourself, you know. Like a decision, right? I would almost define it as a decision almost in a way. 
a choice. Yeah, a choice. But it's but it's more than a choice. Even it's like like a like you know I give myself like it's something that that has to be. This is what it is. Like I say X X, and I'm gonna and that's what it's gonna show. So it's more like an oath, a promise. Um, it's an emotional thing. It's an emotional intention. Something that you're really wedded to. There's something like, no, this is this is what it is. And you know, come uh, hell or high water, whether I'm feeling well, whether I'm feeling ill, I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to connect. I'm going to slide into those gaps between my thoughts, and I'm going to experience who I am. You know, on a daily basis, because anything else just feels empty and that's where this something more comes in like there must be something more what is that something or that is the something more that is it you know and it's not anywhere else now i've gone i've gone all over the world yeah i've been to india god knows how many times bali hawaii australia i have i've gone all over the world you know in in my journey now i chose to do that but i knew all along that actually it's in here and you know sometimes we need to go further away from ourselves our daily environment in order to have that that training of you know um, get the, the mind monkey noise from our daily lives for it to really really calm down but meditation is really what, what it comes down to is that's really what it's about is like you know allowing yourself to to just get that there is something so much more valuable and beautiful and juicy there, there is it's, it's orgasmic blissful you know it's something really amazing that that is there for me to experience all i have to do is commit give my time to it you know just to, even if i don't give it too much time it's always waiting it's just so eager you know to step in so that's why when we sleep you know that sleep is important that's when we connect to that space that's when we slide into those gaps and so sometimes you wake up in the morning and you've you've had this amazing insight or realization or you know showers are great because you know you're focused on the water and you're anytime. So somebody asked me the other day, what if you, you know, what about people that find meditation really hard? You know, they might enjoy doing other things. I'm like perfectly amazingly fine because if you enjoy gardening, digging holes, you know, my husband is a, a to 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 give you an anecdote, you know. <laughs> he's worked in, in in a large corporation for most of his life, and he's um, he's got an incredible responsibility. And you know, sometimes things can get used to get very very stressful. And doesn't I don't see him doing this anymore. We have other ways of of him managing his stress. But in the days, um, in the old days, he said he used to dig holes in the garden. <laughs> Literally, just dig holes in the garden. Right, that's all he did was that was how he he dealt with his his stress and frustration. But that's because um, doing that, you know, it's like playing golf or, or going gardening or doing gardening or driving. Anything that interrupts, I'd say, disrupts your, your, your pattern of thought is what will get you into that space. And so Carmen Diamonds is really about listening to that inner voice. And I have this crazy relationship with this 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 pure consciousness business you know it talks to me all the time but I'm very lazy I'm a bad shopper I hate shopping so I if I want to ask like you know I need a really beautiful dress where do I have to go nowadays of course I can go online but even now I might just want to go and try it on and I'll say where do I need to go where do I need to go <laughs> this is what I need so I get very clear and it's just, I get my intuition I go 
and there is the thing that I need, you know, time saved. And that, that's also how I connect with people, um, pretty much do everything in my life, to be absolutely honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly wholeheartedly agree because uh, um, when you were talking there as well, it reminded me of the uh, saying by... Um, uh, Victor Frankl, where it says, you know, between stimulant, stimulus and response, there is a gap. And in that gap is our freedom to choose. Therein lies our growth and freedom. You know, one of my favorite quotes of all time. Um, but also as well, like what you were saying about the, the whole thing of, you know, whether you're gardening, golf, whatever. And I remember writing this as a blog post many years ago. I've still got it up somewhere. Um, uh, and I mentioned this and I was saying this and I, I remember someone coming onto my blog and disagreeing with me, but uh, I stood staunch on that as well. I think that, you know, you don't necessarily have to sit down and meditate to feel that that consciousness. Um, some people describe it as flow. Some people describe it as being in the moment. Some people describe it as this. The, for me, these are just all interchangeable terms. You talked about, you know, the, the consciousness, the all, you know the universe, God, these are, again, these are just all interchangeable terms for me. You can, you can throw whatever name you want at it, but it's the same thing. Um, and, um, so for me, the power is in that it's the, it's the, 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 experience. the, the yeah, the being right. Let's, let's not get so caught up in the semantics of what it's called or what would you yeah. want to say it is. We all, we all have our preference of what it's called or what that experience is called. It means to us, but essentially it is the same thing it is, you know, it is divine consciousness. It is the, all the universe, what's beyond the universe. It's everything. And so, um, so yeah, so it's a beautiful, I like that though. That's a beautiful, beautiful way of putting it. And, um, uh, applying it as well, and I think that this is what was the title of you know, finding the inner unit amongst chaos. Let's face yeah. it, right now, <laughs> there is no more time yeah. of chaos than there is right now. Um, well, th well, I think I think defining the inner you, Amit, is really really important because you know that what is that thing that what is that inner you? What is that thing? You know, and and and, and like what we were saying, like you were saying about you know whether somebody gardens and and gets that connection, whether somebody you know it's it's about getting in that zone. It's all about finding that 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 gap between your thoughts to slip into okay yeah. what is what is your your mechanism to do that and 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 we all need to start somewhere as well so you know it this is this is one of the pitfalls of this thing people call being spiritual which i absolutely hate the term i'm i'm now looking to coin some new words and new phrases i haven't entirely succeeded yet but i keep looking <laughs> Because for me, I like to call it pure blissful being, okay? That's what it is. It's what happens when, for example, you know, people um, who have men and women, you know, who've, men who've been present at the birth of their child, women who've given birth to a child, they will relate to this experience, that there is an interruption, there's a total disruption of your everyday thinking, thoughts, opinions, judgments, assessments, the whole lot, right, that goes on in the mind there's a there's a real interruption of that in those moments and that's when you slip in so this this being this consciousness is so available it is so available it's just it's just there i mean it's it's nowhere else but that but there the whole time the thing that's not real is the, the mind monkey noise you know it's all the, the thought now thoughts i mean i don't want to i don't want to throw the baby out with the bath water in the sense that i don't want to say that the intellect is not valid it's valid 
but it's a tool for discernment. You know, it's not the be all and end all. We don't want it. This is the reason why, for example, when I've worked in IT environments, I worked with banks and large corporations most of my life. And, um, you know, uh, managing very large sort of large clients, sometimes global accounts, and where we have, you know, multiple very, very complex IT uh, technology projects going on with teams in multiple locations and so on. And one of the things, that I, I mean, I love all of that mental gymnastics. I love the new technology, learning about it, you know, what's going on in the markets, market forces, you know, what's happening in the, in the, in the world of um, corporations, you know, what is, the, what is the best strategy, that are creating strategies, I love all that. But I knew it was something I did as a game. I, I learned that very early on, that it's not, some, it's not the be-all and end-all. When we get sucked into the mental gymnastics of our lives, that makes us feel like the ego loves all of that. The ego, you know, the identity, it feels so intelligent and, you know, like big, you know, inside all of that. But, but it's really a distraction because, um, because if you don't manage all of that and you don't have somewhere else, some other way of slipping into the gaps, then um, we end up with, I mean, look, all of us do, okay? You know, we end up with stress in our shoulders or other body parts. We end up with distress in some other way or dis-ease. And, um, um, and that's what, what, why, you know, finding your, your mechanism to slide in to the gaps that is, you know, pure consciousness, you know, that, that juicy place, that's what you've got to find for yourself, whatever that might be. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Again, I couldn't agree more. It's so important because, you know, we, we get to a point in lives where, as I mentioned earlier, you start to question things. And, you know, it's interesting because you can sometimes speak to, uh, you know, without putting, putting too much of a label on it, but a youngster, perhaps who's not experienced anything like this in life in general. Um, and uh, equally, you can speak to someone who's a lot older, of course, as well, who's never experienced anything like this, but they will start that question, that process. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I the amount of people who approach me now and say, look, um, I'm, I'm not enjoying my job. I'm not enjoying... Um, Oh, by the way, just let's say hello to a few people. Hi, Rishi. Hi, uh, Prakash. Hi, Gita. Steve, as well, has just joined as well. If you've got any questions for the lovely Smita Joshi, who's my special guest today, please do uh, throw throw them her way. Or just write them on the screen and we'll see them. Um, yeah, so, uh, so people kind of get to this point where they start to... Uh, question their own reality and I, I find it generally stems from a lot they get to a point where they start to feel very unfulfilled because they had this perception from a younger age that I'll get a job and that will be the, you know a level of fulfillment then I'll get a house and that'll be a level of fulfillment and then I'll get married and have kids and each of these is going to be a milestone in my life which it, which will give me something which will give me a feeling a sense of that satisfaction that you know that that beautiful thing that most people expect but then they get there and it's almost like now what and um uh, and that's the point that people will re reach and realize there's actually so much more and this is what we're talking about which is obviously the the, the what do you want to call it again consciousness god force the universe um 
state of being, mindfulness, whatever you want to call it. You can use any term. You can throw any term at me. For what me, it's all the same. Blissful self. How about that? Yeah, blissful self. You know, you're you uh, in a state complete state of being of highest vibration anything i don't i really don't care what people throw at me no but, see, this is, no, but i think it's important Ahmed. i think it's important the languaging of these things is is important because it's like in marketing you know who are you speaking to if you're not if we don't get the articulation uh in a way that appeals to different audiences then you know then people were you know as as people who are passionate about this subject and want to make a difference to all finding everything and also inside of that languaging you know we we get to you, you actually get to land with different people in different ways don't so, get me wrong by the way don't get me wrong it's not that because uh, i'm a big believer like you in the power of language and the words we use like and I say this to people as well. But it's who come the experience to me with, that matters. Exactly yeah. right. You know what? What is it we're actually talking about? Uh, and when people, you know, come to me and say to me, "Oh, you know, let's talk about God, who's called Krishna or God or Allah," I'm like, "Have you noticed that every, you know, uh, religion or you know, cultural personas in the world has always had some sort of philosophy of a higher power and isn't it possible that we're all talking about the same thing but we all just have our own lexiconisms about what this being is who it's called etc and we, you're right we we all have our preference about what we attach it to in terms of you know some people feel comfortable more comfortable calling it the universe great no people are calling it god he's you know whatever whatever absolutely i couldn't agree with you more and i agree that everyone has a different um, approach and this is the this is the the variety of life right this is the spice of life the beauty of life that we all have this amazing variety we're not all the same we're not all ever going to be the same otherwise life would be very very boring um, but this way this is what makes the human experience so ex wonderful is the fact that we have this incredible diversity is that that's the way I look at it so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly definitely I, I like to think that um, wherever whatever you know so people have you know religion and God and Krishna, as you mentioned, and Jesus, and, you know, and and actually for them, what we're talking about isn't what that is at all. It's not that at all. They will think this is all heresy. This is heresy to say that you know what I'm talking about. That experience of being is actually inside of you. It's actually your your primordial state. You know, before before you're in a body, after you're in a body, while you're in a body, it's the be all and end all. You know. And that is what my experience is. Um, but for many, that would be really anathema. And they, they will not like that at all. But I, for me, it's okay. Because what I say to them is, look, do you want to feel at ease with yourself? Do you want those moments in your life when there's some magic? Do you want moments in your life when you feel really, really at peace? Because, look, that's the one word that I want to, want to talk about that is so unfashionable, it's so not cool, but it is what it is, right? It is shanti. The word shanti is what the whole of the shastras, it's like the word shakti, shanti. Those two things, they combine. Shakti is the primordial divine sort of creative power that we have. You call that a divine feminine, or you can call it the, the creative power that actually makes consciousness, brings just pure consciousness into manifestation. If you want to have pure consciousness, it's just there. It's just there. It's doing nothing. It's just there, right? Until Shakti ignites it. Spark. You need a spark. You need electricity. You need something like a, a match 
you know, to ignite the fire, that uh, the, the wood that then becomes the fire. So um, Shakti is is very relevant to Shanti because it's Shanti, the word peace, is a very has a very feminine yin quality to it. I would like to invite you that again, like we did before, and, and people who are, who are listening. Just try this for a moment. Just try for a moment just to sit there and do absolutely nothing. Just for a moment. Just take a breath. Exhale. Take another inhale and really slow the breath down. Just allow the breath to rise very naturally. And exhale. Lengthening the exhale as you you breathe out. Slowly, smoothly. Now inhaling. Another inhale. And one slow, very smooth, very long exhale. Right? Now, whatever's going on around you, I promise you, you'll find a sense of stillness just in the moment now. You can bring peace. That's the shanti element we're talking about, right? Just quietening the mental noise down a little bit, the mind monkeys. And when we start just, just reconnecting and just bring peace to be alive, amazing, amazing start, start to happen. And so I think that, would you, what did you experience just Pretty much what I experienced most of the day long because I, I'm, I'm genuinely quite in that state. But it's interesting that again you know you 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 draw on such an important point that again people i see people fighting about this in terms of you know this whole concept of again let's call it just just for the sake of the argument right now not argument of course discussion the sake of the discussion right now let's call it mindfulness and then um someone put up a, a post on linkedin we have a discussion about it talking about kind of setting goals and um I find is people people often place themselves in one camp or the other, and they think that life is just about being mindful or life is about being goal orientated. And I say, look, to be honest, life is about both. There's a beautiful saying, and I think it's uh, Jim Rohn who said, um, "Like you know, like I can't remember the exact words, but paraphrasing ever so slightly, he says life is about." Um, enjoying what you have while you pursue all that you want and that i think is a beautiful way to put exactly what you were talking about you're talking about yeah. the shakti the manifestation yes you you can, you are the creator but also you are the divine in that moment in fact uh, a beautiful book i'm reading at the moment as well kind of just states it very nicely in fact many books i've read actually all state this as well that there is only one moment in time in yeah. many ways we cannot not yeah. be mindful of this moment but it's that like you said it's the chatter it's that illusion that we have yeah. switched on about this perception of time Whereas actually mm-hmm. the truth is, as many physicists are starting to also allude to, that there is actually only one moment in time, which is now. Beautiful. So, you know, this this is what I'm saying is that when you bring the element of Shanti, you know, my mom often says to me, Shanti Purvak Karwanu, which means, you know, you know, you bring in Gujarati, it, it, it means, um, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, do it peacefully, like, you know, be at peace with yourself while you're doing this. And she's actually really amazing. And, and if you if you watch her go through her day, she does all these things, but she's t- she's very very peaceful. And 
And that's the thing is that whatever we're doing, you know, it's like bring, bring consciously, bring the quality of peace into it. And believe me, so many conversations that are going on right now will shift. So one of the conversations that I'm about to have, um, I won't say where yet because it hasn't been announced, is about this um, Black Lives Matter conversation. And, uh, um, you know, I, I completely understand, you know, when we have like, I've gone through a lot of stuff in my life where I think things have been um, out, outside my control as a child. But I've been left with the fallout of what has gone on to deal with that and to, to deal, you know, how, how that impacted me and healing myself, um, you know, to really not let that past actually influence my future so I can truly, truly create my life independent of what's gone on and I can choose what my future is going to look like. Um, but that took a huge amount of healing. There was a lot of anger. And, uh, and I won't say there isn't now. There probably is. Um, as of when I come across it, I, 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 I acknowledge it and I work with it. But, the, the, you know, and it's valid. It's absolutely valid that, that we have about, you know, bringing the, the, the dialogue to the level of what would happen if we really accept stuff has happened, we've, we've had that, and now we need to find a solution to that that is so outrageously powerful beyond that a, a past could give us. You know, it, what would we create? And I can just say, from the, I like the word Shanti. It doesn't sound so beautiful because that, <laughs> there's a hard edge to it, right? So it's worth learning the word, especially my, my yoga friends, you know, who are teaching and stuff. I could see they really grab it. Is that, you know, the word Shanti yeah. is just so powerful. Immediately as I say the word, the vibration is some, the vibration already was on me. It's at, the at the end of a ceremony. And that's, that's the kind of context. But if you bring that to whatever you want to manifest for your future, then things begin to arise as opposed to grappling with, how am I going to do it? What's it going to take? Oh, I need to, you know, get into the gym and lift all these, you know, do all of that. But quieten the mind monkey noise and really focus in that moment, that moment on what it is that you're out to accomplish because that will get you there faster. Just like I'm, I'm now practicing, you know, or I'm developing my abs, I'm, I'm doing my, my Pilates or whatever. That's my focus. My focus is on like, what is my body doing? What am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? You know, I'm doing it for the purpose of having these amazing abs. Yes, why not? But, but the, um, the, the, you mentioned it earlier about that there's only one moment. A few years ago, um, Werner Ehart, who's, who's a most unbelievable guy walking the planet, a guru of gurus, I'm sure you've done, um, you've heard of him. Mm -hmm. You've heard of him. Yeah. So Werner Erhard was teaching, he created this new course called Mission Control. Mission Control. And it was about becoming more productive. It was about becoming like ridiculously productive. And I was one of the first people, I was, I was the first person in the UK, actually, I think me and me and one other co uh, colleague, um, we, we, we were trained in um, training others in the UK. Uh, at the time when this happened. This was a few years ago now. And the whole crux of that, that particular program was the fact that, you know, you're not doing anything in the moment except what you're doing right now. Right now, I'm speaking 
into a conversation with Amit Soda around a podcast, but I'm actually talking about being in the moment. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm not doing anything else. I'm not thinking, I'm not, I'm not out there practicing yoga. I'm not um, scheduling something for tomorrow. You know, you can't. In a moment, you can only do what you're doing right now. So that's where the power is of productivity and becoming really effective. If you can just get that, it makes you really peaceful. Just makes you so super peaceful. You know what we're talking about. Like right now, this is all I'm doing. There's nowhere to get, nothing to do. Just have a conversation. Everything else is either you're either going to do something next, and that'll be the next thing that you do. If you're if it, if it, if it keeps going on and on in your head, like you you know you're uh, you've got it. It's like you're there, so I need to be. I need to you know I need to do my YouTube channel. I need to you know develop my 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 Instagram. Whatever it is, it's not happening now. If you're going to do it, schedule it. <laughs> I stop your head with that, right? I was really shocked too. Yeah, it is a lot in that. But it's like you said in the beginning, this is the application of this. Overnight, you have to put yourself in that in space right now, not a schedule on social media. It's what you're going to do after this. You know, all that kind of stuff. You've got to kind of uh, bring yourself to this full moment, which is who's having a And you reasons. It's all right. It's right. It's just gone. So, you know, this is the reason why you, we can talk about. Uh, we can we can talk about having uh, there there are so many conversations so many tools etc but unless you develop something in its essence and instill it you know and really you've got to embrace that with with um, in an emotional way it's got to be something you really want to create you will really want it otherwise it's just something that that you know you 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 say you want but you haven't really created that fertile inner in an emotional landscape, you haven't done, you haven't, that, see again, Sanskrit comes in, it's such a beautiful language, this sankalp, you know, where you are, you have that one-pointed, it's, they call it, we call it ekagrata, you know, that one-pointedness in that deep, commit, committed intention, that feeling, that sense of, oh, I really, you know, I just, like, ah, oh, really want, this is so amazing, the idea of something really, excites you until it does that then nothing nothing can happen because it's just something you want and we want a lot of stuff we want to i want to be six foot tall but i'm not you know i am <laughs> come on happen. where is your path station smita come on i've achieved <laughs> it i'm six foot two three whatever it is you know and that was how mighty how powerful i am <laughs> see i missed out on that one when, you know I, I i was i was i was uh, manifesting some other thing at that time so i missed out on that one yeah, it's just, and again, the other thing as well is, I mean, you know, and to do that with, like, like we saw, we were talking about this earlier about one of the pitfalls is when we start on a journey, you know, it's a, it's a practice. Life is a practice. This sadhana, you know, yoga. I, I can't I tell you this whole thing about doing something again and again and again and again and again until it's like cooking, you know, it's like, um, um, relating you know with your partner you know coming you know relating in a way where sometimes you might miss them out but it's coming back to it again and you know just doing something again and again and again until you become it becomes effortless yeah it's just the effortlessness comes only with practice and so one of the people that i'm, I'm coaching right now wants to set up a a blog and uh, in a particular area and you know she's already got the domain and everything and she's really but the thing that she really wants to write about, she's not doing that thing. 
Okay. <laughs> she's not doing it. No, because she's got reasons not to do it. Now, look, let's not laugh about that because they do things. Like when I was mm. writing my books, I was telling writing, I'm writing, I'm, I'm writing my books, I'm writing, I'm writing, I wasn't writing all the time because of the lacking that it takes, you know, to just show up every day to do something that you don't know how to do. It's not something that you are born doing, right? So there's a many, many things that we want in our lives. The dreams that we want are usually things we don't have much for say, our masterful life, usually. Okay, until we keep doing them. So a little bit like with you, uh, with the videos, the amazing videos that you're making now. I'm, like, I'm sure when you started, you know, it, it's like uh, we just have to start. You know, we need to do something and then you kind of look at it and then, you know, you see what can be improved and then you think, oh, no, I'm not going to put that one out at all. But it's just doing it again and again and again and again. And then you arrive in that place where you kind of go, oh, Oh, I've got enough stuff. And I thought I was writing one book. I ended up writing, when I took it to the publishers, he said it's too big as a book. It's a, you know, one book. It's actually three books. Now, um, now we were just talking about it going on Audible. So now yesterday, Audible actually published the third because they kind of started with book two. They published book one, then they published book three for some some crazy reason. <laughs> and we're looking at how many hours is that? Okay, I narrated these books. But I didn't narrate them either. So, um, but they said, no, no, you're the best person to do it because there are so many accents, you know, and I, you know, there's lo 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 lots and lots of people in this, like 85 characters in this book with so many different accents, you know, Dutch and French and uh, all kinds of stuff. So they said, no, no, you're the best person to do it. I'm like, what the hell? What about what? <laughs> so, but I, but I learned it super, supersonic fast because I, I was terrified, absolutely terrified, but I learned that. I got somebody to help me. I got a coach short for a short period of time um, to help me with the, this whole thing. But by the time I got to the halfway through book one in actually doing the narration, I didn't need my coach anymore yeah, because I'd put in enough hours and enough focus and intention that it just flowed. So um, it, it, it's a pitfall to think that when you start doing something, that, you know, just because you've done a little bit of work on yourself, um, that you are, you're ready to teach other people. I think it's, I think there's a, some, there's some wisdom in that, but I also think there's a lot of humility in just learning for a very long time. Now, because they were my books, I was able to narrate them very well, but they, you know, they, they were like, if you look at how many hours they are, so book three is like 10 hours and nearly 11 hours. Wow. Book two is nearly eight hours and book one is nearly eight hours, right? Um, unfathomable. If you told me that's what we were setting out to do, I think I would have just felt paralyzed to begin with, you know? Yeah. So it's just, apart from my yoga practice, apart from looking after my mom, and apart from obviously, you know, conducting my relationship with my husband, it's mostly what I what I did. Everything took a backseat. So um, that's that's really one of the things to say. Is like you can fast track, but then you have to give it your all, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I was going to say, right, we're, we're sort of uh, approaching the uh, the end, but definitely not the end of our discussion, because I think we're going to need, just like your book was long, so long it needed three parts, I think we might have to break this podcast down into three parts as well. So um, before we kind of wrap it up, I think uh, I'll ask you two quick things. Firstly, um, obviously, I think people would want to know who you are, how to reach you and name of where they can buy them. So if you want to kind of tell everyone, uh, reiterate your name, tell everyone the, name of the books and where they can buy them. And uh, 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 yeah, so firstly that. Okay. Uh, right. So Smita Joshi and Sukuma and Diamonds. It's, it's, the books are about finding the inner you it's life's chaos mm. 
they, you can find them on Amazon. You get them through my website. Just, um, yeah, website, smithajoshi.com. You can get them. There, there's a, a special bundle of like, um, top radio recorded meditations. I'm giving away three of them. And uh, that's uh, as a gift website. You can also get them on Amazon. Uh, but I think it's even cheaper if you get them. I gotcha. Okay, cool. Perfect. Uh, media handles, uh, on Instagram. Meter uh, underscore Josh. You just put in Google. Yeah, there. you'll find it. Absolutely. Uh, and the last one I need to ask, but obviously definitely not the least, because we'll definitely revisit this again in the near future. But uh, based on everything work, what your your mission, your goal in life is, what is the legacy you want to leave behind with everything that you're doing right now? Exactly what we talked about is really, I'm, I love the idea. I love what I'm, everything that I do is about connecting to this thing that we've been talking about, you know, which is that, that place of your own inner bliss, right? And that's what I'm about. And that's what I bring to people through my books, through my meditations, through my yoga practice, uh, my teaching, whatever, coaching, mentoring, every courses, everything is really about connecting you to your essence, the essence of who you truly are, that place of where magic happens, where you accomplish whatever you want in your life. Beautiful. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to say a big thank you to this lovely lady, Smita Joshi. You can find her online. Um, her, so her Instagram handle is on the poster, but of course you can just Google her, as she said, uh, find her website, find her and, uh, and books are available on Audible. Uh, so I'm in part one. And beginning, was I right? This is all. Uh, oh, there might be. I'm not writing it yet. Uh, okay, right cool. Now, so there could, there's, could there's... be. I have another project in the offing, which will be probably precede a fourth, fourth book. Gotcha. Let's, let me just say that. That's all. I, that's all I'm allowed to say. Lovely. And what I will do, what I will do for anyone watching this who's been watching the live stream, um, the podcast. If you've just joined the podcast audio, will be online by tomorrow morning. And uh, in the uh, videos, you will find all of the links. So I'll make sure that I update to, update them later on as well. So it will include Smita's links so you can connect with her and um, pose any questions directly to her, get some uh, meditations from her as well. So uh, so once again, I just want to say a huge thank you, Smita, for joining me on the podcast. And like I said, I think that this conversation definitely is not at its end. Uh, I think you and I could probably continue this and chat for hours and hours by the looks of it. So um so I just wanted to lastly say thank you so much and to everyone out there. You've been listening to the Feel Inspired podcast uh, and thank you for joining me. This was my 15th episode. Thank you so much. I'm just really privileged. Thank you. I just really enjoyed the conversation. I'm me you. too. Me too as well. So stay on with me while I end the live stream. But to everyone else, have a beautiful weekend and I will see you all very soon. Mm-hmm.